When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. It's behind the Steel Curtain editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you again on Thursday morning. It's October. I mean, this is crazy. October 7th, if I look at my calendar right, I'm pretty sure I got the right day there. You know what that means? I got to hit you with a number right off the bat. And that number's two. I can't believe that it has now been more than two months when I did this show and was so excited because the Steelers were playing in the Hall of Fame game that night. That seems like just the other day. It does. It seems like just the other day. And luckily, maybe time has been moving a little faster here more recently because when the Steelers are coming off of a loss, yeah, that's not the kind of time that you want to go slow. You kind of want to get through that. And unfortunately, that's the only time that we have been having for several weeks now is the Steelers coming off of a loss on Sunday and Steelers fans having to say, okay, what can they do to get better? What can they do to improve? And the problem is when you stack wins, you gain confidence. And when you stack losses, it just amplifies it exponentially. It's just the sky is falling so much more. And I understand, you know, a lot of people are saying, what, you know, this big drastic change, that big drastic change, signing this player who's not going to be able to help them for weeks probably, and, and all these things. And really the answer is 
it's probably easier to fix what you've got than it is to try to replace something and get them up to speed at this point. But it's, I almost want to say it's the first quarter of the season. Some people would put this as the first quarter. The problem is there's an extra game. Which quarter are you throwing the extra game in? You're throwing it in the first quarter, the last quarter, in the middle? It all depends. Uh, in talking with Jeff Hartman, he's like, you know what? Let's throw the extra game in the first quarter so that way we can do them, you know, four games as we go. And that's just the better way to do it all. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. So I'm not really looking at the quarter mark of anything here yet for the Steelers. But what we're going to talk about today is, of course, we're going to touch on last week's game and some of the numbers there. That's what we do. Then I got some other interesting numbers to talk about dealing with with the Steelers playing at home and, and how they've done there. And then we're going to roll into their upcoming game against the Broncos because, honestly, that's the only game that matters right now. And that's another thing that I'm going to say. If You, you might not be able to do this. And I've, I've said this before. I've said it on my other shows. I might have even said it on this show last week that some of you just m- may not possibly be able to do this, is that the last thing you should be doing at, doing right now as a Steelers fans and saying, I can't look at their schedule and figure out where their sixth win is going to be. You know where they're, you know what win they need to worry about? Their second one. You know, people are like, oh, I don't, I don't see this team going any better than blah, blah, blah. You know, there's an awful lot that can change. I, I, I bring up here, here's a good game. The Steelers play the Tennessee Titans the week before Christmas. After that game, they still have, what is it, three more games after that? And Christmas seems forever away right now. My point is there is so much that can change between now and then. You shouldn't worry about, are the Steelers going to get a ninth win this year or things like that? How about they get a second win? Swind, not a second wind. I want them to get a second wind, but with of maybe a only if it's that second wind of whatever they were breathing in week one when they beat the Bills, who when I look at the team rankings and, and statistics are just tearing the NFL apart, other than that loss to the Steelers. So that maybe the Steelers can 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 get some second wind off of that one. But what I really wanted to say was to get their second win their second victory of the season. That's all that you need to be looking for right now because the I understand you you want to look further ahead and look to the playoffs and look to the post and all that when the team is playing well. When the team's not playing well, you've got to worry about getting better for the next week. And you really do need to keep it in perspective. That's what the Steelers are doing. And right now, it's really difficult for the fans to do that. But that's just me laying out my laying out my heart to my nerds of steel, you know, bringing, you know, dropping knowledge or whatever. I'm not, not really. But basically saying, hey, if you're struggling to say, oh, how are they going to turn the season around? Can they, you know, forget playoffs, forget winning records, worry about win number two. And you want it to be sooner than later. And that sooner, the best time for that sooner to be is this Sunday. So that's the best way to go at it. Steelers fans haven't had this for a while. I mean, I remember 2013. That was actually the first year I really started going to Steeler games regularly. I took my dad to a game, um, to the Detroit Lions game. And then we ended up being able to get tickets by the end of the season. I'd never really, I'd gone to one Steelers game at Heinz Field before that. And that was Ben's rookie year. And that's when I started going to games two years later. I had season tickets, things like that. So in 2013, 
that was a big turnaround. And for us to, 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 when I say us, my dad and I, you know, my sister, my brother-in-law went to that game, um, that it was a big for, for us to be excited about what was going on at that time after the Steelers started on four, you know, and then they kind of got on a roll. I'll keep reminding people, Oh, one and three is so bad. You know what? If the 2013 Steelers would have started one and three, they'd have made the postseason, but they didn't, they started zero and four. So it doesn't matter where, what you've done so far, you've got to get the train going now. It's not that it totally doesn't matter because you know what that, that, what that one and three record does, it doesn't put you in as good of a situation further down the road when you have to have certain things go your way in order to make it into the postseason. It's going to affect that, but it doesn't have to affect your play this week. You've just got to get better there. That's my pep talk for pep, pep talk for Steelers fans this Thursday morning, the first Thursday of October, where we have, where we are having our Steelers stat geek. So here you go, nerds of steel. Let's talk a little bit about this past game. I, you know what? I probably shouldn't even do it after, after that whole talk, but you know what? A couple things I want to talk about. Um, what an encouraging start to the game for those of us that actually got to see it as so many people didn't because of the, um, the continued coverage through most of the nation. Um, where they kept with the early game, but I was able to see it at Jeff Hartman's house. We were watching the game together and the Steelers touchdown opening drive. First time they had scored points on the opening drive since they played Cincinnati at home last year in week 10. First time they scored a, a, a touchdown pass, not pass. I didn't, sorry, not doesn't have to be, be a pass. First time they scored a touchdown on their opening drive since week seven during their bye week of last year. Oh, wait, that's right. I'm, I made, Sorry, I made this joke on Scobro. That wasn't actually their bye week. They ended up having to play the Titans that week. But they scored seven points on their opening drive there. So not only did the Steelers score in the first quarter, like I talked about last week, they scored on the opening drive. Then they got into a bit of a field position battle and it, and it wasn't good. And that's, and, and got behind and everything else. Um, and gave up 17 points in the second quarter that, you know, that, that, that's a killer right there. That really is. Um, yeah. So, and they were constantly, I think they gave up, what's this number here? I'm, I'm double checking it. Nine, like nine third down conversions. That's a lot of third down conversions to give up. That's nine different plays where you had a chance to get off the field and you didn't. Um, and, and, and it's just what it was. But one of the biggest things I'm, I'm going to talk about is I was disappointed the, the how limited Pat Freremuth was used, especially when he was basically wide open on a fourth down play. But but everything was based off the pre-snap read rather than what the defense actually did. And he didn't get the ball, but you got to mention the 10 point swing. I'm sorry. The 10 point swing is a killer. It really is. And I wrote an article about it behind the steel curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you didn't get a chance to check it out, it's still there. It was published on Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. And it was just that Steelers fans were, were deprived of, of the game they deserved to see. And, and you know, and you're like deserved to see what, well, or that they should have seen. And that is the Steelers have not the last time the Steelers had a lead at halftime 
was when they played the football team last year, which was their 12th game of the season. You know, ever since then, you know, they, they played four more games after that, the playoffs, playoffs, and then so far this year with four games. That's nine games now, if, I, if I'm counting that up right, that they did not have the lead at halftime. They have been trailing at halftime every game. So there was that was the chance to actually go into halftime with a lead. And they they called the offsides. It didn't happen. Um, I, I get frustrated. The, to me, the job of an official is to throw your flag as a last resort. When you're like, I can't not flag that. That is just too bad. I have to throw a flag there. That's trying to not interject yourself into the game. I would rather an official miss a call than make a call that didn't happen. Um, I mean, I, I even look at like the Monday night, the taunting penalty on the sidelines I thought was kind of ridiculous. That's interjecting yourself into the game more than what you need to be. And I feel that, I mean, of course, you're like, but don't you want the officials to actually call holding on the defense? Yes, I would. I'm sorry, on the offense, when the Steelers are on defense, I would. I would love that. But you know what? I would rather them not call that for either team and rather than start calling stuff like the like the roughing the passer on Melvin Gordon um, against Cincinnati, like the offsides there, calling something a penalty that's not a penalty. I'd rather something be a penalty and not get called than something that isn't a penalty penalty be called a penalty that's just me personally but that that's just because to me that's are the officials you know over injecting themselves into the game or trying to stay out of the game as much as possible that's just that's just me as as the philosophy that that I have so that's kind of my thoughts on that I would have loved to see how that second half played out it might have even been worse than what it was but I it would have been something good to see because we haven't seen it for so long so that's all I'm going to say with except for one exception and I said that I felt that this is what this game was going to come down to, and that was the turnover margin. And the Steelers were minus one. Now, granted, the the last turnover was kind of when the game was out of reach. But I this was the first game that the Packers had a turnover and won. Their other two victories, they had played played completely clean, and the Steelers you know, did, did get the takeaway. They had one, but unfortunately they had two turnovers. I still think if the Steelers would have played a a clean game turnover wise, that, that they, it would have been right there or possibly victorious, even without the bad call on the, on, on the field goal attempt. So with that, I want to talk about one other thing before we roll into the next week's matchup. And that is, it's kind of about next week's matchup. And that is, the Steelers are coming home for their third home game of the season. Now, for the first time ever, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, I'm pretty sure, unless there was some weird circumstance in there, that they are playing nine regular season home games. Nine times they will play at Heinz Field. And normally it's it's eight. It's been eight ever since 1978. Um, before that, it would have been six because there was a 12-game season. Or was it a 14-game season? Sorry, there would have been seven. Um, it was 12. I can't remember the year that it moved from moved up from 12. But anyway, I digress. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're coming home after being 0-2 at home already. They're already 0-2. 
at Heinz Field, and now they're playing against the three and one Denver Broncos. So I wanted to look back, and the whole reason I got to think about this was one: uh, KT Smith, Cliff Harris is still a punk. Um, he does the the pregame show with Brian on that podcast, but an excellent writer for our, for the website asked the question about something about the Steelers' home record and things like this, and myself and Jeffrey Benedict started researching and answering the stuff for him. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to mention this on stat geek. I hope he's good with that. He should have an article that has this in there too. So that that'll be interesting, but it was about the Steelers being and two at home. And have they ever been and three? And the answer is yes. The Steelers have started a season. and three at home one time since the Chuck Knoll era began. So that was in what? 69. Let's say from, let's say from the merger from 70 on, that's a really good starting point. We could have even gone from 78 when they actually had four home games, but let, let's not even do that. Um, from 70 on, the Steelers have only started at home 0-3 one time. And that year was 1986. They started 0-3, but what's interesting about that is they turned it around and they ended up going 4-1 and at home the rest of the way to where they had an even record at home. Because believe it or not, since Chuck Knoll took over coaching the Steelers, wait, maybe not that year. Since 1970, I should say that. Since 1970, that's where I went back. I didn't go back as far as – I didn't go back and look at that other, other year because they obviously had to have a bad record to get Terry Bradshaw. But since 70 on, the Steelers had not had a losing record at home. Okay, you hear that? They did not have a losing record at home except for one season. One season, and, and we'll get to that. So if you look at it, the Steelers have only started, this is only the third time the Steelers have started 0-2 at home in the history of Heinz Field because Heinz Field's only been open since 2001. So it was 2021 they started 0-2. We don't know how they finished from there. In 2018, they started 0-2 at home and then went 5-1 and the rest of the, of the season at home to finish, of course, 5-3. and That's the exact same thing that they did in 2013, the infamous year that they started 0-4. They started 0-2 at home, and then they went 5-1 and at home from that point on. So they finished 5-3 and with a home record. So it wasn't even 500. It was, it was above 500 at Heinz Field. So if the Steelers can't, can't get to... Uh, I mean, even if they're five and four at home this year with nine games, that would be their worst winning percentage at home in the regular season in the history of Heinz Field. So something to keep in the back of your mind. The other years where the Steelers started 0-2 uh, was 2000, of course. That was uh, Heinz Field opened in 2001. So that was um, at, at Three River Stadium. They started 0-2 and then they went 4-2 and from that point on. So they finished 4-4 four and four that year at home. It was 1999. When the Steelers started 0 and 2 at home and then went 2 and 4 after that. So they actually finished 2 and 6 at home. That's the only losing record at home that they've had since 1970. That's crazy. Um, the other two years, I already mentioned 1986 and what happened there. Then the other year where they started 0 and 2 at home was 1983. And then they went 4 and 2 uh, the rest of the way. So that's something to keep in mind with everything about the Steelers, you know. This is, going zero and three at home would only be the second time since the merger for them. Uh, so this is a pretty big game if they want to try to keep their season rolling. But just remember, just because they started zero two at home doesn't mean that they don't have a chance to 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 pick that up later. Um, but 
based on their play, you kind of think, yeah, we got to have some confidence to do those things. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to break down the matchup with the Denver Broncos and actually finally get to the title of the show is looks like points are going to be at a premium this week. That's my prediction. That's based on the numbers that we're we're looking at a low scoring game and chances are because I said it, it means they're both teams are going to explode, but we'll see how that happens. So uh, stick around. Quick commercial, and we'll be right back to part two. When my phone rang, she found a someone new. No surprise, her life It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Alrighty, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back here at Steelers Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield. Let's roll on with this with part two. Um, thank you, Jerry Cherry Band, for the great music. Got to throw that out there every once in a while. Don't say it every time, but it's it's still true every time. Let's look at this matchup with the Denver Broncos coming up. And I, I said it coming into this, and it's the title of the show, I think points are going to be at a premium. Because if you look at the numbers, that's the way it's shaping up. It's just the the way, I mean, if I'm a numbers guy, what do I got to do? I got to follow the numbers. So let's break them down. It's it's all about the matchups and, you know, the Denver's offense versus the Steelers defense. And of course, vice versa, the Steelers offense against Denver's defense. Well, on offense, you know, Denver, they're like, they're ranked 17th in yards. You know, they're just there at the, at the middle of the pack. They're 22nd in points scored. They're not a high-scoring team in the NFL this year through four games. Now, they're 11th in the rush and 21st in the pass. That's the Denver's offense. They're ranked 11th in the rush and 21st in the pass. So that's kind of interesting, but there's I'll, I'll bring up something else uh, about that pretty soon. But Denver averages 20.75 points a game, so tw- under 20, just under 21 points a game. So then you look at the Steelers' offense. They are not ranked very well. Their their top rank is it is in the past. They're sixteenth, you know, middle of the road of the NFL when it comes to passing yards, rushing yards. They're still dead last. Now, if you're looking at yards per attempt, they're not thirty second. They're thirtieth. So that's just something to keep in mind. And I, I had a. Vertex with with Jeffrey Benedict on Wednesday on the website showing how the Steelers' rushing attack was improved in week four. If it continues to improve, then the Steelers will be in much better shape. But uh, that, you know, part of that was matchup and other things going on. Um, the Steelers, when it comes to scoring points, as as we know, the offense hasn't scored more than 17 points in a game. 
they're averaging 16.75 points per game. So under 17 points. Um, and they're ranked 29th in the league um, in scoring points. And they're only ranked 27th in the league in their yardage. So the Steelers offense, not strong. Denver's offense, not all that strong, but stronger than Pittsburgh's. And definitely where, where you get some strength is where they are ranked rushing the ball. Now, I will tell you this that the three games that the Steelers have lost this season were all against rushing teams or all against teams who rushed the ball much worse than what the Denver Broncos have. Like Cincinnati currently is ranked 22nd in the league. Green Bay is ranked 24th and the Raiders are ranked 27th compared to Denver's 11th. Now Buffalo, they're up there, but, uh, but I just, I didn't even write theirs down because it wasn't as important. Let's, let's hop over to the defense. Let's look at the defense. Let's look at Denver's defense. That's the strength of their team. They're, they are ranked in the top five in three out of those four statistics that I that I mentioned. They are ranked fourth in, in total yards. They are ranked second in points surrendered. The Broncos have only averaged surrendering 12.25 points a game. Kind of helps when you have a shutout in there, um, which, which they had in week three. So um, against the rush, their rush defense is fifth in the league, and their pass defense is sixth. So their pass defense at six is the only one not in the top five. So you can see, obviously, the strength of the Denver Broncos is their defense. Now, when you look at, at the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can say similar things. It's just not nearly as strong as, as Denver's, but it's stronger than their offense. Because the Steelers, they're middle of the road. They're 16th in yards surrendered. They're 13th in points surrendered, where they average 23.25. Okay? So uh, then if you look at the rush, the Steelers are 11th against the rush, and they are 19th against the pass. That's where they rank so far through four games this season. Now, if you want to look at the points scored, if you want to say, okay, let's just look at these offenses and predict that they just score what they normally score, okay, then you're looking at probably a 21 to 17 score because Denver's just under 21 points and the Steelers are just under 17 points. That's what you'd be looking at if you're looking just at the offense. If you're looking at just the defense and how much they surrender, I'll round them up a little bit because they're both 0.25. We'll round them up. You're looking at a, at a, at a, at a 24, 13 score. So that's kind of how it's going based on the averages. So the, the worst average of them all would be, the Steelers who surrender less than 24 points a game. So that's why I feel that this could be a very low scoring affair. I also think part of that's going to come down to um, the Steelers, not the Steelers, the Broncos uh, quarterback situation. Is it going to be, is Teddy Bridgewater going to clear the concussion protocol or is it going to be Drew Locke? Because if you look at what, what they did on Sunday, I'm not exactly sure the exact point of the game where Bridgewater was knocked out because obviously it was during the, the game happened at the same time as the Steelers. So that's where I was focusing. But I, I do know that the Drew Locke, you know, he had more attempts and things like that. So I assume that Bridgewater was probably knocked out in the first half, but I can't say for sure. Um, but he also had the only touch touchdown in the game for the Broncos, which was in the second quarter. But, uh, Drew Locke had a 52.3 quarterback rating where Teddy Bridgewater had a 76.3 rating 
in in the loss. So right there, just looking at that, you would say, um, I think the Broncos have a, a chance to score a few more points with Teddy Bridgewater than what they would with Drew Locke. But that's just me. That's looking at the numbers, looking at the statistics. There's another number I want to talk about before we finish up stuff here tonight or tonight, today. Um, yes, th- yes, it's dark outside. I'm recording this late at night in order to have it ready for you all. First thing, Thursday morning. And that is, you got to, yes, it's four games and you start to get into things a little bit more and understand things. You, you got to look at the, at the opponents these two teams have faced. For example, the Denver Broncos, they are three and one. But their three wins are against the New York Jets, the New York Giants, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their loss is to the Baltimore Ravens. So if it wasn't for the two overtime games this week, past weekend, none of those teams that Denver has beaten actually had won a game yet until the two New York teams won a game. So if you look at the, at the record of their co- combined record of their opponents, Denver's looking at a five, five and 11. That's the teams that the record of the teams that they've played. Now, of course, you know, because um, those teams have suffered three losses to Denver and one of those wins was to Denver. So you take that away and you're looking at four and eight is, is, is what you do there. But if you look at the Steelers opponents, all four of their opponents have a three and one record. All four of their opponents have a three and one record. And obviously the Buffalo Bills, their one loss was to the Steelers. So with the three and one record, that means that the Steelers, com- the, the combined records of their opponents so far this year is 12 and four, you know, significant, significantly more. I mean, seven more wins than what you have uh, from the Broncos. Now, of course, out of those 12 wins, three of them were against the Steelers. One of the losses was there. So if you take those out of the equation, you're talking about nine and three, about the games that the, the games of the Steelers opponents that didn't involve the Steelers, those, those teams are nine and three. And where, when you're looking at it with the, with uh, with the Broncos, it's four and eight. So if you want to say that could skew the numbers a little bit, then this really does make it a pretty even matchup, in my in my opinion, based on on these things. I think this game this Sunday is going to tell us a lot about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I I feel that even though they their opponent is three and one, what do you know? They're playing someone who's three and one because everyone else they've played is they have a record of three and one. That. Just seeing how the Steelers handle the the Broncos coming to Heinz Field at one o'clock on Sunday, can they can they do enough to win, or are they going to continue to have those few plays that they don't take advantage of throughout the game? Meaning, you know, the the, the missed passes that could get them in the in the end zone, even you know the turnovers, the 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 ball that then you know, goes right to, to the defender, you know, where the interception is thrown right to the guy. So if you take those plays away or, or you execute on the ones that you didn't execute on, that's the th- crazy thing about the NFL. I know Jeff talked about it on his Let's Ride on Wednesday, is that it's only four or five plays that really determine, or you can really say make a big difference in the game. Because if they go, if all those plays go one way versus all going another, there's your outcome. Because that's, the way it goes. I, I will tell you this, if you're listening out there, I am going to be at the game on Sunday, unless something major, you know, in life happens. Um, I don't want 
I always have to throw that out there. Now we got, you know, I got, we have a family wedding coming up the next weekend, a lot of stuff going on, but I have it set aside where I'm going Sunday to, to the game. Be first time back at the stadium since 2019, since the final home game of 2019, which was, let's just not go there. But, uh, you know, taking my, my 10 year old son for him to uh, experience his first game, really looking forward to it. My brother and his son's going, it's just going to be a good old time. I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that that time is, is a good old time with a victory. I want that to be a good, good time with a victory. Uh, if you're happy to be at the game, you can, you know, look for me. I'm, I'm huge. And we'll be playing and be wearing a Cam Hayward color rush jersey. I'm not going to have my typical Kylo Ren mask. Uh, they gave me a hard time about getting it in the stadium the last time I was there. If I'm going with my son, I don't want to have to worry about the mask. I want to focus on him. So I'm going to go, and then I'm going to once I'm inside, I'm going to ask security, "Hey, are you going to let me? Can I bring this next time? You know, and 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 try to figure out something else." in that regard. So that was normally how I tell people to look for me. But if you're at the game, I'm in section 122. You can come, you can come say hello. I'm always happy to, to, to meet people that check out the website or listen to the podcast. Uh, I still can't believe people actually want to listen to me. Um, I mean, my wife is like, a, at least someone will listen to you. That way she doesn't have to. Um, but I appreciate my nerds of steel. All you got to do, you go to 122, you shout nerds of steel. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all over it. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I just could, couldn't help it. But thank you all so much for supporting our whole family of podcasts. We do this because you all listen. I mean, it's great. It's just, I, I love this community. I hope you all understand, you know, we're still, we're not perfect. I mean, I completely screwed up a take on Scobro show on Tuesday night because I, I don't know what I was thinking about the, the, um, the strip sack that the Steelers had against green Bay, what the play I was envisioning in my head when I went back and looked at it, I was like, Oh wow, that is not the play I was thinking about. And I was like, Oh, that wasn't really Trey Turner's fault and blah, blah, blah. No, I went back and watched it. Man, was I wrong? It was, he got, he got shoved right back into Ben. So uh, yeah, I still haven't figured out what play I, I was thinking of in my mind, but it wasn't that one. Um, so Yeah. We're not perfect. We're just doing what we can. We're just some guys. I'm just a guy here talking numbers. And uh, I will still take questions from you all. I still get people firing them out on Twitter sometimes. A lot of times I'll just answer them there rather than talk about them on the show. But uh, if if I just appreciate Steelers fans and those fans that we're going to stick by our team, even through the rough patch, and just hope to come out better on the other side. But, uh, hey, as I said in the first half, the, the only thing, the only number that matters to the Steelers right now is two. You've got to get win number two. You don't have to worry about the total record at the end. Get win number two. Go get it this Sunday. Go Steelers. And as I always say, thanks for keeping up. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.